0: On today's episode, I have back with me Kate Grimaldi, our Senior Director of Talent Management and HR here at Palocity. Kate, thanks for jumping on with me again.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Sherry. I love getting to do the podcast with you. It's one of the highlights of my job. We are talking about state interviews, and it really comes out of all of this conversation around the great resignation. You know, last week we had on the podcast Tim Sackett, and he really talked about his perspective when it comes to recruiting and having a stay strategy. So I thought it'd be great if we could get a little technical and talk about stay interviews. Um, So let's just start with the basics. What is a stay interview if you're not doing them already?
1: Yeah. So a stay interview is really a conversation based around why the employee really continues to want to work there. Um, It provides you with the opportunity to ask questions really around what their passion is, what's important to them in their workplace, what do they value, what do they want to be valued for, um, how they believe their contribution is viewed. Um, And really to make it super simple, it's exactly what it says, which is you're talking to your employee about why they stay at the company. And when we think about sort of this great reshuffle, great resignation, great insert whatever new term you want to come up with, people are moving and shaking. They're going everywhere and companies want to retain their people. So it's an opportunity to have a real live direct conversation about retention.
0: Why do you think this tactic specifically state interviews are so important?
1: I mean, I think there's a variety of reasons. So I think you could go all the way back to they're important because if you weren't having them before, it could be why your uh, your company might be suffering from some of those reshuffle or resignation Um, I think for me, the most impactful thing about a stay interview is that it really deepens your relationship with the employee and it's a part of rapport building. And it demonstrates that you as a leader in the organization actually care about what's important to the employee. We continue to hear so often that people just want to be valued. They want to know that their work matters and that their job, no matter how big or small within the, you know, ecosystem of the company, that it provides a contribution and that without them there would be some sort of a hole people spend a large part of their life at work and they want to know that that contribution is valued I would say that it's very similar to at home many of us probably do a lot of things around the house and some days we're like doesn't anybody care that I just went grocery shopping did all the laundry and emptied the dishwasher like why does no one value that I just did all of this Especially if you share your space with a variety of other important people in your life, you want them valued. It's the same way in the workplace.
0: When you think about the state interviews you've conducted, I'm sure you have a, a slate of questions that you typically put in those state interviews. Can you give us an example of, I don't know, maybe five or 10 questions that you think should be in every state interview?
1: Uh, So usually I, you know, I'm one, I'm fairly direct person, I think you know that, but I usually encourage people to start with being honest about the set of questions that you're going to ask so um, sneaking up on an employee and sort of trying to stick your questions in between how was your weekend and what's on tap for tomorrow, um, I usually say start with the idea that hey you know what. Um, I want to talk to you about why you still work here, and so if I was going to have that conversation with you, Sherry, I would say, hey, we're going to do something a little bit different today, I want to talk to you about what you value here at Paylocity and why you continue to work here, and some of those questions would be something simple as, you know, open-ended, talk to me a little bit about your workload lately, do you feel like you're getting the support you need, um, you know, what what kind of hours are you working these days, are you able to check things off your list, and sort of providing an opportunity to start a conversation. So maybe you start with a yes or a no, and then you build upon with some open-ended questions. I also ask things like, what do you value in your work? What do you value that I do for you as a leader? What would you like to see more of from Paylossity or from myself as a leader? Um, what about, you know, I talked a lot about um, what's, in all honesty, what's, what's the reason that you're still here? You know, you could go anywhere at this point. You've got a variety of opportunities and skills. Why do you stay here? And why is this company a company that you see yourself in, or do you see yourself at this company for you know, X amount of time? What's your timeframe look like? You know, So I really encourage people open-ended questions, focusing on value, asking for feedback about your own leadership, asking general questions about the company, getting feedback on what the company can do um, to provide more value. And then I also like to really hone in on the contribution. Do you feel like I value your contribution? Do you feel like the company values your contribution? Um, if you were weren't here tomorrow, do you feel like we would we would miss out on something? At times people can view those questions as um, maybe a little bit uh maybe aggressive. And I don't mean it to come off as aggressive, but asking someone like, do you feel like you are provided a value where if you left tomorrow, that there would be some sort of a hole that we would feel that way? Because if the answer is no that provides me with more opportunity to say, tell me more about that. How do you want to feel valued? What can I or the company do to make you feel like that contribution is incredibly impactful? And without it, we would see, you know, a deficit.
0: Do you typically see or recommend state interviews being conducted by HR or by direct managers or even skip level managers?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I just kind of had this, I would say, not an argument, a healthy discussion with someone the other day who really believed that HR should be a part of it. At the end of the day, my response is really simple. Whoever has strong rapport with the employee and the strongest rapport should be the one to have the conversation. If you have really great rapport with someone that's two levels below you, absolutely have that conversation. You might have an HR partner. As an HR partner, I've had stay interviews with people in our organization because I have rapport with them. What you don't want to do is try and have a stay interview with someone that you have limited rapport with because their answers may not be genuine. They might not feel comfortable providing you with that honest feedback. And at times too, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, when you sort of throw HR into something where there's not necessarily a need for it, it can feel very um, principal office-esque of like, well, why do I have to talk to HR about this? If you want to know if I like my job, can't you just ask me? Like now HR is writing this down. What's what's this being used for? And you could unnecessarily scare someone or make them feel like they've done something wrong, which is obviously the exact opposite of a stay interview.
0: I have that as kind of my next question, but I guess I'll switch it up a little bit and ask, you know, so let's say you don't necessarily have that person who's got that great rapport But you do want to check in on somebody and continue to do these stay interviews. You know, what are some ways that you've helped employees feel safe to be honest during these conversations? Um, And frankly, know that they're not going to get retaliation if they come to the meeting and they say, you know what? I stay because I need the money for my family and that's it.
1: So I think that really aligns with what I said earlier about the introduction Uh, You know, a lot of times I see people who kind of try and put stay interview questions in between other things they might be talking about, you know, throughout either a one on one or they're talking about a project. I think it's incredibly important to be very honest about, hey, I want to talk to you about why you stay here hey, there's a lot going on right now. There is a very hot talent market out there. You're hearing words like great resignation, great reshuffle, great onboarding, great insert term, right? And you're probably seeing that all over the place. I really want to talk a little bit today about why, you know, you still stay here. And if there's something that you feel like you're unhappy about, then maybe you could provide me some feedback that we could do a little bit differently, because I do value you as an employee. Um, I think that introduction is incredibly important. And if you need to layer in there, hey, this isn't a conversation where there's going to be any you know, retaliation. If there's action I can take on something you provide me, I'll keep you posted along the way. I'll let you know what I'm doing with the information. But really, at the end of the day, this is fact finding. And this is me trying to find out what are things that we can do better. Um, and just, again, honest, open, transparent about why uh, people tend to be a lot more comfortable, even with limited rapport, when you set it up in a way that you're very clear about the goal and the intent of the conversation.
0: I've heard of a few employers now offering, you know, $1,000 payouts for employees who choose to leave their companies right now, which I think is an interesting tactic for sure and that could be a whole another discussion. But what if you discover something during this state interview that the employee shares like, "Hey, this would really help me and it's not something you can provide as an employer?"
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that happens a lot, actually. And I think it happens beyond the stay interview. I think a lot of times we'll have conversations with people who ask questions. And, you know, what I start by is making sure they know they've been heard. So I think the first thing is always asking more questions, getting kind of to the root of what they're talking about, and making sure that they know that you hear them. But being honest about what your ability is. So if somebody says, you know, I think it'd be really helpful if we could go to unlimited PTO, I would like to have as much time off as I personally want. And you know that it, while that sounds great in theory, that that's not an option, ask them more questions. What about unlimited PTO is interesting to you? Where, you know, do you struggle to take PTO currently? Talk to me about the bank of PTO you do have. Have you seen this at other companies? Do you know anyone that works at companies that unlimited PTO? You're demonstrating two things there. One, that you're taking the person seriously. You're actually interested in what their recommendation is and your fact finding because you're getting a lot more information. And then you're kind of rounding it out with, I hear you. And actually, I think that's a really great idea. I'm not confident that we're there yet as a company, but all the information you just provided me allows me to continue to keep this on our roadmap of things that we're talking about and reviewing as we talk about our benefits going forward. Um, What you'll find in a lot of scenarios is people just want to know that they've been heard. Um, I can't tell you the countless conversations where I ask someone a question about feedback and they start with, hey, I know you can't change this, but I really want to tell this to you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that they're honest about that. I appreciate even more that they're still willing to tell me what they want, because you know what? At times, eventually things pop up. I can tell you at Paylocity, there was a conversation many years about our parental leave policy. And we were eventually able to change our parental leave policy to something that we are super proud of and that our teams are really proud of. Yeah, maybe it took some time to talk through it, but it was people continuing to ask for feedback and people saying, hey, I appreciate that. I don't know that I can do anything about that yet but I'm keeping it on the radar. And we will eventually be able to do something about it. So making sure the employee feels heard, asking for more information and then follow up where necessary. If it's something that you're gonna take back and do more research on and you're gonna follow up, never promise something that you can't deliver on. So don't tell someone you're gonna get back to them if you're not actually gonna get back to them. And if you are, get back to them with something useful, like, hey, we talked about it and we're looking at that for next fiscal year. Or, hey, I know we talked about this, again, really appreciate your input, not something that we're able to do this year, but I personally am going to keep this on my, you know, list of things to bring
0: up. When you've worked with managers to start going down this road of stay interviews, what coaching have you given them? Um, you know, we're in HR, we have the language, right? Like I asked you an off the cuff question and you were able to articulate it so lovely as to what you would share with an employee. Sometimes our managers don't have that same skill set. So, how have you talked them through having those types of conversations or not taking it personally? If maybe part of the feedback is like, hey, I don't feel like you're cutting it as a manager for me?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a really good question. And this probably sounds like a really simple answer. I usually recommend a couple of things. One is practice, role play, find someone that you feel comfortable um, having some of those conversations with, I know that sounds silly, but even going back to people, you know, in public speaking classes way back when, I don't even know if they still make people do that in school, but standing in the mirror and just kind of watching your facial expressions, thinking about recording yourself, listening to your voice inflections and making yourself some notes. You know, I've encouraged managers in the past, make yourself two columns. The employee answers positively What are some things that you can respond with to keep it going? The employee um, answers more negatively or more opportunistic. Okay, go ahead and put some notes. Having something to refer to, even if it's a couple bullet points, allows you to feel more prepared. Um, And sometimes even just practicing, like I said, with a friend or someone else um, really helps. It gets you comfortable with the conversation. I also always tell managers, it is okay in the moment to be honest and say, wow, that's really good feedback. I don't really know, I'm not ready at this point to provide you with any direction on that, or, Hey, that's really tough for me to hear. I need to think about that. I will get back to you, but I need some time to really think through that and figure out if there's a fix or think about what I can do differently. So often we live in this world of immediate response. Everything you do is an immediate response. You post something, people are like, how many likes do you have? You order something online, you expect it to show up at your door tomorrow. It is okay Especially if you're new to something like this, or somebody provides you with a comment you're not sure what to do with, to just say, huh, that's really interesting. I need to think about that for a bit. Make some notes and go back to them. It's the tried and true recommendation I give to people in all sorts of situations. It is okay to say you don't know or you want to think on it. Thinking is okay. We live in this world where everything's immediate. Your brain doesn't have to be immediate. Not everybody thinks that fast.
0: And it totally goes back to the conversations we've had around setting boundaries is like give yourself that mental boundary to like think through it. Because you might, like you said, it might be something that was hard for you to hear as a manager. If you're if you're listening and you want to start doing these stay interviews, if you've never done them in your organization before, what are some talking points that we can leave our audience with that they can have with their leadership team is to the impact doing these state interviews is going to have. And I know Tim Sackett talked about that a little bit, but um, he talked about it more from a numbers perspective and not necessarily how to have the conversation. So I guess I'm really wondering how you'd start to have that conversation if you were bringing it to your leadership team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so
1: I'm an outcome-based leader myself. So the first thing that I always think about is how do I demonstrate an impact and outcome from whatever I'm recommending? So if I'm talking to leadership about something like a stay interview, I'm going to start by looking at retention. I'm going to start by looking at turnover, exit interview feedback, if I have it, even anecdotal feedback, if I have it. And I'm going to share with my leadership why my recommendation for a stay interview how that's going to impact the outcome of either retaining more people attracting more talent um, working on benefits whatever the case may be i truly believe that attaching it to an outcome especially for a leader who is looking at the enterprise or looking at the whole company they want to know how this And again, it's an extra piece of work, right? Maybe it's in a meeting that you're already having, but it's still an extra thing. Whenever you ask someone to do something extra, they want to know what the impact is. Some people even want to know the what's in it for me. And so as a leader at times, I will also share, hey, the WIFM for you is that people are going to stick around longer if they feel like you actually care and they feel like that you genuinely want to know what they value in the workplace. So I usually say... Start with the impact, the outcome, talk about what you're trying to get out of it and what them as a leader are gonna take from it and how it's gonna impact either their specific function or an overall company. Um, and then I also remind people to: stay interviews are not, they are a one size fits all. You don't need to be in a company of 100,000 people for it to work. Whether you have a company of 10 people or you have a company of 10,000 people, people still wanna be heard. They want to know that they matter. They want to know that their voice is important and they want to know that they have opportunities to provide that feedback. And so just reminding your leadership that size, revenue, technology, none of that matters. What matters is that, you know, you're an employee and that you spend a lot of time at work and you want to be valued.
0: I absolutely love that. And I think you hit the nail on the head is like, you want to be valued. And this is such a great way for HR practitioners and managers to to show that to their talent as to how important they are. So, Kate, thanks for your perspective and the tactics on how we can start to implement state interviews at our organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Sherry. appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.